Hello, everybody. This is Chris Blair, voice of the national champion Fighting Tigers of LSU. And you're locked in to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Middle Georgia's number one voice of community and collegiate sports. Go Tigers! This is Mike Conti of Atlanta United and the Atlanta Hawks Radio Networks. You're listening to Middle Georgia's number one team for community and collegiate sports from Atlanta to Savannah. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Hey, this is Andy Demetra, voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, and when I want to know what's going on in Middle Georgia sports, there's only one place I go. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show, your place for community and collegiate sports. Guys, take it away. Uh, welcome into another Rob, Ben, and Joe Show here, and great to hear uh, Dandy Andy Demetra there welcoming us in <laughs> after a Georgia Tech win this weekend, fellas. Man, what a, what a game. That was a marathon, but I stuck with it the whole time through the... <laughs> Six hours and I think thirty something minutes that it was going on. It was, I hear you. And, and I was in. Uh, I was actually in Ponte Vedra, Florida, and I was on the beach. I had my iPad on the beach, hot spot, and then we had to go to dinner. And I was like, "Hey, you got to understand that the game's still going to be on." <laughs> I set the phone on the table and had the game playing. You know, so, so you look like my six year old with yeah, a switch, is what yeah. you're telling well, me. My, right? my wife told me it was uh, the game was supposed to start at three thirty. Well, I started right. listening to Andy at one thirty because the pregame came on and we hadn't had sports in forever. That's and right. So it comes on and she goes, "You know, the game doesn't start." I said, "Rach, it's football season. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. You know the you got to understand yeah. it. It was uh, you know it was it was my girlfriend's birthday." And I was like, "Look, I understand. You got to understand something here. You know, <laughs> we get football for a few months out of the year. That's right. That's just my team's on, honey. Gotta, I love you. We, we got to deal with this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there you go, Robin. Man, good to have you back here in the uh, DUB as we get ready to roll into another podcast here, talking about college football. We're going to be talking about Georgia Tech and Florida State in that big game this weekend, as well as the other ACC games around. We might even talk a little bit about that NFL Sunday as well. We want to say thanks to our sponsors before we get into all that, though. Say thanks to uh, Dublin Ford, the Houston Clinic. Citizens Bank of Lawrence County, Roach Farm and Garden, Marco's Pizza, Georgia Farm Bureau, Farmer State Bank, Dublin Natural Gas, Bubba's Tire Center, of course, Eyeballs Marketing and Media, and Warner Robbins. And you can find us always on Network One Sports or on Twitter and Instagram at RBJ Show and Facebook at RBJ Podcast, as well as online at www.wrbjshow.com. So, all that good information. Don't forget, uh, Friday as well, you can do the high school scoreboard with us on 99.9 FM and 97.5 FM and other affiliate stations across the state. But, you know, as much fun as it is to uh, hear Andy welcome us in, guys, onto our show after this Georgia Tech win, it's even more fun to have him on the phone. Andy, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I, I gotta say that was a career first, uh, getting introed into a segment by myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, welcome to the show, Andy. <laughs> back. Well, Andy, a big win this weekend, and Rob and Ben are just over here cutting just cartwheels in their chairs, wanting to talk to you about all the the big action there in the in the marathon ACC opener for Georgia Tech, and the first word win in forever, right? Yeah, first time that uh, Georgia Tech won a true road game in the season opener since 07 versus Notre Dame. Uh, they just have this magic against rotating ACC Atlantic opponents. I know we're not doing divisions this year, but if you want to add this, they've won 13 consecutive games versus rotating ACC Atlantic opponents. And add another one to the list with Florida State. Uh, even when they were down 10 nothing at halftime, just the feeling in the booth was that they were still playing well. And as long as they could eliminate the mistakes, that breakthrough would come soon. It did, and they wind up walking out of there with a, a pretty impressive showing, sloppiness and all, and certainly something to build upon as we get ready for the home opener. Yeah, no doubt, Andy. And I, I think for most of the offseason, Georgia Tech has really been swept under the rug. The 3-9 and nine season last year, everybody knows we're going through such a big rebuild. But being close to the program and, and people that are, are plugged into Georgia Tech like myself and Ben – I had a fit, pretty good feeling coming down because I knew what recruits we had coming in. Jeff Sims, you heard he was going to get the nod, and I was able to watch him in the Under Armour All-American game. And I knew we had a lot of talent coming there. So uh, do you think going into that game, do you think Georgia Tech had any doubt that they could compete with Florida State and come out with a win in Tallahassee? No, I don't think internally they had any doubt they could compete because that's the way that Coach Collins has wired them. And you look beyond that, they returned 96% of their rushing yards, 93% of their tackles, and 87% of their receiving yards. And you're talking about guys who have won on the road in the ACC. They did that last year versus Miami and came close to knocking off Virginia and Charlottesville, which two weeks later had wrapped up the Coastal Division title. And so 
had shown poise and fortitude on the road last year in spite of all that youth and all the bumps along the road they encountered. So I knew that they weren't going to be frightened or terrified by the environment going on the road to kick off the season. No matter if they had a true freshman at quarterback or a true freshman at right tackle, you had guys who played a lot of meaningful snaps last year in spite of their youth. And I think that poise really revealed itself down the stretch. So, no, I I think this team came in fully expecting that they could compete. And I think fully knowing that they're, they're getting slept on because they look around and they see a lot of familiar faces back and play in the high leverage situations and, we saw that experience pay off for them on Saturday. Yeah, and the uh, the above the line concept that that Collins came in with, you saw it. Everybody was kind of like not really sure how that was going to unfold. You know, what's the deal? Last year, a lot of young guys getting playing time, but going into this game, you could really tell it. It really, really paid off for the Jackets. You had Curtis Rines, a walk-on, real developmental guy, gained a bunch of weight and out there like a machine on the edge, and you could tell. When when Jeff Sims took the field, though, you know, just talking about the game that he had, when he got out there on that first drive, it was like he was supposed to be there. Like that first drive, barring the interception, he didn't look out of place at all. None whatsoever. And that was the chatter come from the coaches as they evaluated him, even dating back to high school. He, he doesn't get rattled and was showed the ability to shake off those interceptions, which might otherwise send a young quarterback into a downward spiral. Uh, and you look at what he put together in the second half. He was tremendous on third down against pressure. He was six of eight for 75 yards. And so you break down his numbers and parse them out even bet more. He was better than you thought. Uh, and I thought Dave Padno, the offensive coordinator, scripted a really good opening series for him just to get him in rhythm, roll the pocket away from those big rushers on the inside for Florida State and allow him to get into a rhythm. His internal QB clock was also what stood out to me. He didn't rush on his reads or escape the pocket at the first sign of distress. He hung in there and made very good decisions on when to slide out of the pocket and try to gain something with his speed. Just a lot of maturity, a lot of, like you said, poise that you don't typically see in a true freshman. I know we can be a prisoner of the moment when we see a performance like that, and better defenses will await Jeff Sims this season uh, and not to mention that opposing teams that are scouting him will have more tape to evaluate with him. But as first impressions go, this was about as good as you could have hoped for if you're a Georgia Tech fan. There's no doubt, especially out of a true freshman coming off basically the bus <laughs> ready to play and making some, I mean, some costly mistakes, though. You know, a lot of quarterbacks, even seasoned veterans, juniors, seniors, they make two turnovers in the red zone like that when you're making a drive or whatever it may be. You throw a, you know, toss a couple interceptions, and that can really derail a drive and a team. And it seemed like the team and the coaching staff was behind Sims all the way, even even amidst those kind of costly mistakes. We still were able to overcome them last year. I don't think we were able to do that as well. It looked like we were able to do on Saturday. I saw a lot of improvement out of the defense, though. I, Sims had they bailed him out. <clears throat> couple times with some key turnovers it looks like we're stronger and faster and you can really see that physicality the mentality and the culture that coach Collins and coach Thacker are pushing on that side of the ball I was really impressed with the way our defense played and how was the feel in the booth uh and what they thought out of the defense this weekend yeah I gotta be honest through those first two series we were worried um when you're facing a new offense like that you don't want to give them early confidence in the same floor to say to have that, but give Tech credit. They adjusted really, really well. I mean, they held FSU to three points over the last three quarters, and even that took a 53-yard field goal. And think about this, guys. They did that with basically three starters out. They didn't have T.K. Chimets at D-tackle. They didn't have Antonius Clayton at defensive end. They didn't have Trey Swilling, who's led the team in PBUs the last two years. And if you want to go even further, they didn't have Tariq Carpenter the entire second half. He knocked himself out of that game with that violent hit on Tamari and Terry over the middle in the closing seconds of the first half. So Tech was doing this essentially without 25% plus of their normal starters. So it just kind of puts into perspective how well they played and buying into that put-the-ball-down mentality. Curtis Rhines was terrific. He earned every bit of ACC Defensive Lineman of the Week uh, on Monday with his performance. Two sacks, two forced fumbles. That's a good month for a defensive lineman. It's a great game for a defensive lineman. 
that was a quarter for Curtis Ryan. So <laughs> lots of, to take away positively from that performance. Now, they're, they're going to face a really tough offense in UCF this weekend. They're under no illusions that FSU uh, is not quite the offense that they'll see on Saturday from the Knights. But again, it's a confidence building week one for the Jackets on defense. Yeah, anytime you can go on the road for any either side of the ball and get a win like that and, and have that much success, it does nothing but build a lot of confidence. But um, going into this weekend uh, against UCF, do you have any uh, idea on the availability of Clayton and a couple of those other guys? Uh, I don't, and even if I could, they probably wouldn't tell me. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you, I mean, you guys saw Jameer Gibbs. He made the trip. He was on the sideline. So I think that should indicate that he will likely see the field sooner rather than later. Um, I, I hope that will also be the case for Antonius because there are a few guys on that roster who deserve to get on the field more than Antonius Clayton. Uh, he passes the look test. Uh, having watched him on developmental team last year, he's going to add that ferocious pass rush that Georgia Tech fans have been longing for. It's a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of somebody who, let's not forget, only has 10 career tackles and hasn't played in the game since November of 2018. But he's going to bring that edge presence that Georgia Tech fans have been starved for. So whenever he does get to see the field, uh, it will be well-earned on his part. He will bring an element and a spice to that defensive line that uh, they haven't had in, in some time, maybe since Adam Gotsis. Um uh, Again, not knowing the particulars and the details, and even if I were privy to them, probably not something for the young man's sake that I'd be willing to share. Um, I, I would say that Antonius Clayton, let, let's all hope that uh, you'll see him in a white and gold uniform before long because uh, from what he's had to experience and, and whether even in his time at Georgia Tech, he, he's more than earned it. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're so excited when we heard everything transfer, and I was so disappointed last year he didn't get the uh, hardship waiver and stuff to be eligible. We were really looking forward to that because we're, we're longing for that pass rush, as everybody is, is it, it, tuned in to Georgia Tech. But, Andy, I watched the game on TV, listened to you guys uh, on and off during the whole thing, the lightning delays during some of the game and, and everything. But just on TV, uh, Ben and I were talking about this, and – it looks like our guys that have been in that program, you know, Collins hammered the developmental team, and we're going to develop these guys, and Lou Corrala. You can really tell by just looking at these guys, and I know I was looking at it on TV, but I want your perspective because you see these guys in person. But it truly looks like these guys that have had a year under this strength program and under this Collins developmental coaching, it really looks like you can tell a big difference in the physicality look of some of these guys no no question about it and that that was the priority of Collins in the offseason he had his club 10 10 where he challenged everybody to gain at least 10 pounds because he felt that there were plays over the course of last season that could have been the difference between three and nine and being bold eligible that were a matter of 10 inches or just 10 plays scattered throughout the season that was laser focused on the part of this team and this staff going back to their winter conditioning. And the guys have bought in Curtis Ryan's is the textbook example. Coach Connell told us in our post game interview on Saturday, when they arrived in December of 2018, Curtis was six, five, but he was 217 pounds. The guy you saw Saturday dipping and ripping and sacking James Blackman on consecutive plays is now 265. <laughs> Jalen Camp looks like he's chiseled out of marble. Uh, <laughs> just that strong, mid-bodied receiver uh, that, that is able to catch passes and make yards after contact and, and help and weaponize that receiving game even more. Uh, Coach Collins' nickname for, for, for Jalen Camp now is Photoshop because it looks like he's Photoshopped with uh, his muscularity. But they're not the only two. Uh, across the board, the offensive line averages weighing 14 pounds more than they did last season and that pass pro held up against an fsu defensive line that features three of the top 10 returning d tackles in the nation according to espn getting bigger stronger was an emphasis of jeff collins and you saw the fruits of that on saturday no question well you know uh, andy i'm glad you brought up jalen camp there is who i was going to mention to you uh, you know as a, a red shirt senior i believe there with georgia tech uh, he had the 11.4 average in the game there. Even though Malachi had the score, uh, Jalen had a real good game, and I thought it was good to see him, you know, get the opportunity to catch a ball or five there. And just uh, I'm sure you 
you don't know, but we had Jeff Cameron on last week uh, preparing for this game from uh, Florida State ESPN Radio down there in Tallahassee, and he was talking about that interior line for uh, Florida State. And uh, I just want to just tack on one more comment about that and get your thoughts one more time. I think that could be one of the best defensive fronts that you see in the ACC this year outside of, or maybe even including uh, Clemson. And I think your, your freshman quarterback there, Jeff Sims, did, really did a great job. So I just want to mention that one more time before we move on. Uh, up the middle, I, I definitely agree with you. Marvin Wilson is a likely first-round pick. You got Corey Durden. You got Robert Cooper at defensive ends. They had held high hopes for Joshua Kando. It was really tough to see him go down uh, to what seemed like a, a pretty bad injury in that first quarter. Uh, he's another guy that they, they think so highly of within that program and could give them a pass rush. Uh, but, you know, again, up the middle, one of my concerns going into the game was could they clear holes for Jordan Mason, who's a powerful punishing between the tackles runner? Can they open up lanes for Jemias Griffin to get to the edge? And, we saw that running game get better as the season as the game went on, and Jordan Mason is every bit the the between the tackles get better as the game goes on back. And I thought I think you saw that for them to do that against that defensive line of Florida State shows you that the offensive line really held up and stayed strong throughout the game. So don't want that to get overlooked. There was a reason why when they handed out the team awards yesterday offensive player of the game, it didn't go to Jeff Sims or Malachi Carter. It went to the offensive line. Absolutely. That's how highly sure. Jeff Collins and the staff thought of the work of the guys up front. Yeah, they really they really brought their hard hat to work and controlled the line of scrimmage um, because, at, like Joe said, we talked to Jeff last week, and he just talked like, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to push through that line of scrimmage, and we were talking about all this development and stuff. You can really see where the guys up front – made it uh you know made it an emphasis that hey we're not going to come in here and get pushed around we're going to push around and if you watch some of those clips you could really see Georgia Tech wasn't given ground it was a stalemate and there was some wins in there and it was really good to see that and that's just so much improvement year to year and I think a lot of that has to do with weight gain and other things like you talk about and it was just exciting to see that up front and um <clears throat> Andy with the with the kind of the, the the limited fans and all could you tell a little bit of a difference in the atmosphere of the stadium with limited capacity. I know I saw today on the ACC network uh, where um, there's going to be some teams, I think, in North Carolina that have no fans. They can't They can't have any fans. I think it's a state-to-state thing. So how was that experience having a limited uh, seating environment with how much of a forceful environment Dope Campbell is? Visually from our radio booth, it looked like a spring game yeah. from an attendance standpoint. Uh, it got loud, uh, you know, it, with, when they were booing, they definitely got loud. I can tell you. <laughs> the fourth quarter, and uh, when James Blackman trotted out for one of his last series, you can certainly hear the boo birds. Uh, it didn't seem to be a popular decision for Mike Norvell. Uh, we can tell, I, I, I can also confirm the Florida State fans, they can still boo loudly on a call that they think went against the Seminoles. Uh, <laughs> At the end of the day, guys, it is still a road environment. You're still having to fend off uh, all that comes with playing on the road, and winning on the road is still hard. It doesn't matter if it's different this year from a fan attendance standpoint or not. Winning on the road should be cherished and prized, and for Georgia Tech to do it, you still tip your cap to them. Yeah, and that's what we've talked about the whole time. I don't care if you have 10 people in the stands. Anytime you're away from your typical routine, your locker room, everything's different. You're going into somebody else's turf where they feel comfortable. And kind of transitioning, talking about new turf, new stadium. Bobby Dodd's got a whole new look that's gonna, that all of our fans and stuff will get to see unveiled this weekend um, coming to Atlanta. We gotta, if you'll tell our listeners a little bit about some of the renovations that happened in the offseason that we can expect to see in person and on TV at 3.30 this Saturday against Central Florida. And how cush is that radio booth up there, Andy? <laughs> Looks pretty good. In fact, I'm looking at the field right now uh, where I'm, uh, I'm visiting with you guys. So I'm, I'm you envious. First. I'm envious. Yes, so I will tell you first, uh, the turf looks great. Th- this is not the scorching, skin-scraping carpet that used to be laid out here at Bobby Dodd Stadium in the 90s. Uh, the-, the turf that they have is top of the line. It's interesting. The infill is made of coconut husks wow, instead wow. of rubber pedals. So actually, it is cooler than a typical turf surface. It is softer. It is 
probably safer than grass, which sounds counterintuitive because it is more consistent. You don't have the patches and the holes and the divots that inevitably arise when you play on the natural grass over the course of a season. So this is not what you might have in mind when you think of artificial turf. Uh, they also have the brand-new paint job. You have the dual-toned end zones, navy on the south side with the gold lettering of Jordan Tech, and on the north side you have a gold end zone with white lettering. What's cool about this is they have the ability to pull up those paint jobs and swap it out more consistently throughout the year than on a natural grass surface, which you have to let grow out before you make any changes. And they also have a new ATL word mark uh, on the 25-yard line at each side with the T mimicking the gold T of Tech Tower. Oh, Looks sweet. really cool. That's they have new, you have new LED lights, which we debuted during our, our tribute to first responders in June. They have a new sound system, so hopefully Bobby Dow will get thumping on Saturday as well. New paint, new signage, and the concourses everywhere else. Uh, it is the oldest uh, FBS stadium in America, gentlemen, but that doesn't mean it can't get a glow up from time to time. And I think Georgia Tech fans will be very pleased at the upgrades that have been made this offseason. <laughs> it's never a bad thing to go into the surf shop and get all suited up, you know, <laughs> get, get, it, get a little overhaul. So that's exciting for uh, – I know the players and all are really excited about it. Um, we're, we're all looking forward to the first home game and having such a tough conference schedule after this. Everything's a conference game. You don't really kind of have any gimmies and stuff like that, so it's kind of pretty a difficult situation from that standpoint. So we'll get one non-conference game this Saturday. And Andy, how do you think the Jackets are going to fare with such a strong ACC schedule the rest of the season? And you don't have a Gardner Webb or anybody like that to play. Not that those are gimmies, but um, it's a little different when you have to schedule. You know, your your game plan for NC State, Syracuse, and everybody else throughout the course of the year. How do you think that's going to uh, fare this year with the Jackets? Uh, they have been conditioned since January to know that, according to some publications, they had the fourth toughest schedule in college football. But what Jeff Connells has drilled into them is we want to be the toughest team in college football. And if we are the toughest team, then we will be battle-tested and ready to take on a schedule that is among the toughest in the country. So even though their plus-one non-conference game is hands down the toughest in the ACC – UCF will roll in here Saturday, ranked 13th, and uh, another explosive offense that they'll have to tame. Uh, this t- th- there is no team on the schedule that Georgia Tech believes they can't compete with. And I think you got great first proof of concept last Saturday in Tallahassee. I'll, I'll be really excited to see how that confidence carries over to Saturday. And I think that win served notice to the rest of the ACC that, hey, uh, your expectations may have been on the milder side for Georgia Tech, and this is a – a different team than what you may have suspected coming into 2020. That's exactly right. There won't be any. Uh, there won't be any free passes if the Jackets are taking the field, and I think that's exactly what Georgia Tech proved on Saturday against Florida State. Is they mean business. It might be just one year, but all that returning. It, all that returning experience and such makes a huge difference uh, from that standpoint, really taking on the course of the year. So, <clears throat> um, Andy, where can we find you this Saturday, man? Uh, what time will y'all kick off pregame and everything else so fe- the festivities begin? Oh, you know me too well because you know how broadcasters love their singles. Thirty <laughs> is what will be on the air uh, statewide on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Tommy's Leather is at 3.30, and if you can't find us, on your nearest terrestrial radio affiliate or on SiriusXM, I invite you to download our brand-new Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets app. We rolled it out a couple of weeks ago. It is fantastic. Not only can you listen to the broadcast on our Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets app, but we have a brand-new behind-the-mic feature. So we have a camera now positioned inside our radio booth. We debuted this in Tallahassee. We'll bring it with us to the El Cerrado radio booth. So you can watch me and Sean call the game and listen to the audio as you follow along. I, I like to say it's like a like a panda cam at the zoo, except that those pandas <laughs> were breaking down RPOs. And you know, if you're wondering if if I have a face for radio. Now you can judge for your darn self. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is fantastic. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, I tell you, so what, well. the, the game day the game day app is fantastic. I used it in uh, Tallahassee because I couldn't. They didn't have. I didn't want to listen to Florida State's broadcast, obviously. But the app is fantastic. I didn't see the little the camera thing. I'm gonna have to find that though. That's sweet. We are we were we are masked. We are socially distanced, uh, as you can judge for yourself. But yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. I mean, if it, it, you know. 
it might just be no more than us bobbing our heads and looking down at our charts, but you'll be able to hear the play-by-play and uh, kind of peer inside the broadcast booth and see how the sausage is made. So the initial feedback was really positive. I enjoyed it. We're getting the kick out of it. I know we'll have some fun with it. It's uh, definitely a new frontier for our radio broadcast, but one that uh, we're excited to, to, to take advantage of. So, yeah, make sure to check that out if you can't find us on your nearest radio dial. Well, shoot, yeah, we'll do that. When you said we couldn't, or if we couldn't find you on your nearest radio dial, I thought we were going to get an open invitation right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy, thank you so much, my friend, for uh, having us on, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on camera as well as behind the mic this coming Saturday. All right. Come on. Here we go, guys. Thanks so much for the invitation. I appreciate you. Thank you, Andy. Andy. Go Jackets. California Groove all right, we'll be right back on the Rob and Joe Show. We'll look a little bit at that uh, Sunday NFL schedule and the rest of what happened in the ACC right after this on Network One Sports. Middle Georgia's number one choice for community and collegiate sports. The Rob, Ben, and Joe Show will be right back. We're at Roach Farm and Garden, and hunting season is here. It's that time of year. Need to get your food plot going. Carry a full line of Rack Master by Pennington Seed. Wildlife mix, deer mix, peas, oats, soybeans, iron clay peas, and wheat. And for your dove hunters, Milo sunflowers and feed wheat. Even carry Mojo decoys. Full line of trophy feeders, gravity and spin feeders. And once you get them, you need to have something to put in them. With bulk corn, we got corn on the cob, deer feed from ADM, Antler Extreme, and 4S Draw. You will soon need something to cook all the game. We got grills, griddles, deep fryers, not to mention outdoor benches, chairs, and fire pits. Keep in mind, we got a full line of Carhartt clothes. Want to make your feet happy? Pick up a pair of boots. We got Rocky, Georgia boots and Twisted X. Need trail cameras or rechargeable batteries? We got Spy Point, Wild Game Innovations, Plot Watcher, and Stealth Cams. Come check us out. No time to get your minerals out in the spring? You still got time. Roach Farm and Garden carry salt blocks, mineral blocks, trophy rock, vapple, and deer cane. Need a place to sit? We carry Millennium Lock-On Deer Stands and Tower Stands from Custom Outdoors. Don't forget to pick up some Voodoo Deer Lure. It puts a hex on them. Come see us at Roach Farm and Garden, two locations, Dublin and Wrightsville. Imagine a life-changing injury. Imagine the fear and unknown. The Houston Clinic Sports Medicine Team, the only physicians in the area with advanced certification in orthopedic sports medicine, treat sports injuries with innovative techniques. The Houston Clinic has helped nearly a million athletes live without pain. Imagine getting back in the game. Imagine the best game of your life. The Houston Clinic Sports Medicine Team. Hello, Dublin and Lawrence County football fans and families. It's game time and nobody's riding the bench this season here at Dublin Ford Lincoln. The only thing you'll be riding in is America's number one selling brand, Ford. Whether you're driving left, right, or up the middle, you'll always be unstoppable with an all-new Ford car, truck, or SUV. And get this, you won't even need to wear a helmet. With our friendly, no-hassle sales team leading the way, we make getting car deals to the end zone easier than saying, ready, go. That's Ford tough, baby. Others call you customers, we call you friends. Dublin Ford Lincoln, Veterans Boulevard, or at DublinFordLincoln.com. You're listening to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music. You know what, guys? Sports hunting and dogs, well, they all click. And this will, too. Refit your home with natural gas appliances. You can save a ton of money, up to $400 in rebates. With a new gas grill, gas logs, furnace, or stove, check it out at RebateRally.com. Three easy steps gets new appliances for you and saves you up to $400. Go clean and go click it up like a big dog with natural gas appliances. Check it out, RebateRally.com. With City of Dublin Natural Gas.
listening to The Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music. That's right. You can take The Robin and Joe Show wherever you go. Guys, back here, and uh, what a great time it is talking to Andy Demetra uh, after a big Georgia Tech Well, any time, but especially after a big Georgia Tech win. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome talking to Andy. Just a great broadcaster, especially just listening to being in that atmosphere and stuff after a road win. I mean, that's just top-notch. And he made a good point. COVID, no COVID, you're still on the road. That's you're right. still playing in an environment that's not your own home. It's still a big deal, and – I don't understand some of these states not allowing any fans. Uh, no, all the North Carolina schools are banned. Uh, North, New York, I don't think, can have Syracuse. They can't have fans. Notre Dame does. Notre Dame does? Yeah. Well, they had just, more. It looked like at Notre Dame. I don't know if you got to watch them that. They Duke had it. more than capacity. They had yeah. more than capacity, and I was impressed with Duke, by the way. Oh, yeah. Good team. Good team. Well, uh, somebody I was impressed with, or let's just say a conference I was impressed with over the uh, weekend there, the Sunbelt Conference. How about the, the Sunbelt Conference just dialing it in here for uh, week two <laughs> taking, of the taking NFL? Taking care of business. I tell you what, the Raging Cajuns gave Iowa State the business. The punt returns were absolutely incredible. Uh, love that staff, though. An interesting fact about the Raging Cajuns. Billy Napier is the head coach there. and uh, Our previous coach where Ben and I played at Mercer, uh, Bobby Lamb is a coach on that staff now as well. But they've been through a lot in the offseason. They lost a really young assistant coach just about a month ago. And so that 30, team – 31 years 31 old. 31 years old. Attack. Yeah, mm. it was really, really tragic. And that team has really come together. Obviously, the COVID stuff in the offseason and losing a coach that young. And he was a really bright – spot young energy for that program and those guys are really bonded and you can tell i mean that they have got a squad their quarterback he's gonna play in the league one day i mean he is he's gonna really play really good um so the raging cajuns i'm telling you in the sun belt yeah but between those guys southern georgia state you know, you list a couple of those names. I mean, they they have yep. got a squad. Yeah, and I mean, even Coastal Carolina. I mean, it is Kansas, but still, Coastal Carolina still. knocking off Les Kansas. Miles, Les Miles was their head coach. Yeah, the Kansas Jayhawks. I mean, so you know, going. I'm sure that was on the road. If you're a if you're a Sun Belt fan, you've got to be you know excited Ecstatic, about man. about how your team's performed and put an asterisk beside Georgia Southern. Yeah, folks. yeah. 33, 33 players can't play because of COVID. COVID or medical reasons, whatever it may be. And then Arkansas State goes on the road and beats Kansas State, 35-31. to 31. If, I'm a Love big, it. if I'm a Big 12 fan, I'm concerned about us playing this year. Oh, yeah. I'm wishing I was in the Big 10. You're going, Because Ooh. it's like, whoa, yeah. this ain't looking good for us, yeah. folks. You uh, know? I'm telling you, that Arkansas State game, though, they, they dominated that game. Arkansas like that, State, yeah. Good. Arkansas State dominated that game against yeah. Kansas State. The, these teams, these teams, even though they're in the Sun Belt or the American Athletic Conference, whatever they may be, yeah. they have got really good talent. They've got good they players, do. man. They got they good do. players and good talent. And, they, and it's a shame because this year they only get one game to do it, but they're making it count. They, they did. They are. And, and the thing about the Sun Belt, though, and this goes back to you. You guys listen to our show. You, if you're avid listeners, we talk to high school coaches, college coaches college broadcasters, you know, all these personalities. But the consistent theme among all this is in the South, your high school talent is extremely, extremely high quality. Yes, it is. And so there's so much to choose from that these guys that may not get picked up by Georgia or Georgia Tech or a Clemson in Alabama, there's only so many spots at those programs. Well, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, uh, UL Monroe, they slide in there and grab some of these guys, and they've got some ballers just like the big school. Yeah, those boys can play too. They, they're good. That's right. I mean, look at you guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> just because you didn't wear a, a G or a GT on your hat doesn't mean that you weren't playing D1 ball. You know what That's I mean? That's right. So uh, good talent all the way around. And coming up this week in, in college, if you just want to stay there and look, got some uh, pretty good matchups I want to see uh, this week on the board. Larger slate, too, a larger, you know, bigger yep. slate of games, um, you know, coming through here in uh, Pittsburgh, Syracuse. Um, let's see who all we got coming out. The Miami and Louisville game at 730, that's going to be uh, – you know, that's number 17 and 18 if you're looking at the rankings there. I'm curious to see what happens in that game personally. I, I'm interested, too, because, you know, Miami opened with UAB – that is who they – the UAB. They opened with UAB, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. Started slow. Started really slow. Derek King transferred from Houston. You know, 
I thought they looked okay, but I think the hype on Miami is a little bit like North Carolina. I think it's overdone in the ACC because you just hear about Clemson and then basically everybody else, they have to talk about somebody. Right. But Miami has a lot to prove to me. I watched Louisville. They played pretty good, but I think that's a good barometer game for the ACC to see where are these two schools at. Louisville's got a new coach with Satterfield from last year. Yep. They've progressed. That his The players he walked into were a pretty good fit for the system that he's running if you watch them play. I think it's really interesting to see, has Manny Diaz's guys taken any steps with his coaching? They're going to find out on Saturday because Louisville under Coach Satterfield, they're coached well. There's yeah. no question. So it'll be a good, interesting matchup. Well, I just hope for De'Eric King's sake that, you know, he doesn't get hurt or anything like that because ESPN will shut down. Oh, yes, they, they will. love you, man. <laughs> yeah, All you got to do is just keep the you on your helmet, Matt. You are, you're going to be a first or second round draft pick if That's ESPN right. has anything to do with it, Mr. D'Eric. They are they carrying They love him. you, bro. That's they love it. you. Just keep just keep taking snaps. That's all you got to do. Yep. The, I mean, I'm telling you, they love that kid. They want to make sure he – and he's a, he's a good player. But They're they all love about him. it. But yeah, they love it. I'm a big fan of Louisville. I thought Scott Satterfield did a great job at Appalachian State in his time there. I'm excited to see what he he made some strides last year at Louisville, and like Rob said, two coaches in year two. I would be more hopeful of a Louisville because he's proven head coach experience. Manny Diaz and Miami at seventeen stamp the overrated mark on those. Oh guys. yeah, I, I mean, I, just personally, I haven't heard or seen anything out of that camp or any of the conversation uh, other than the uh, the love for Eric King. There. <laughs> I haven't seen, you know, I just haven't seen anything. No, it's it's so, it's evident, and they're yeah. really pumped up about it. And then uh, Notre Dame, the two ACC opponents. We've already talked about Georgia Tech playing UCF, but Notre Dame plays South Florida. Put asterisks by those those games right there because those games are tough. Because they are good, good teams. They're they're not like they're they're scrubs. Well, you know, it's not a it's not a one double A matchup or whatever. Like Clemson playing the Citadel, the Citadel has no chance. Yeah, yeah. Like, no shot. Like the fact that the ACC network is covering <laughs> that game, they're like there is a there's a gap in coverage there for, right. for for football. Yeah, but the thing is, is what I just said a minute ago about how the other conferences have come a long ways from ten years ago because the high school coaching is so good now. There's not a huge talent discrepancy. So you sit there like if Tech was scheduled with UCF 10 years ago, you'd be like, oh, Tech's probably going to win that game. Today? No mas. Could be a different okay. story. Yeah, yeah, it's totally different because these guys are ranked 14. They've got a lot of really good players. Um, but I think that's an interesting 330 ABC with Tech and UCF. Georgia Tech, I think that's a good barometer stick for them as well to see. You, you come a Florida State team, you beat them on the road, which you're not taking anything away from that. It's a big win. But – they're going through a coaching change and some other stuff. So I think it's a, it'll be a great measuring stick for Collins and that bunch. And a team I really want to keep my eye on this year is Duke. Duke looked really good against they Notre really Dame. They really did. At Notre Dame, I really like – they're just so well coached. And I really want to keep an eye on Duke. And, folks, we're going to get more SEC stuff, but they're still at the house. That's right. We're still on pina colada time in the <laughs> Southeastern Conference, so we can't – there's nothing to talk about on that front. But the Duke Blue Devils are going to be – Top of the conference this year, I think. How many? Are we getting still getting twelve games or just ten? Just ten. Just ten. So we're gonna get you know get shorted a couple games. I see Duke winning six to seven games this year throughout the course of their schedule. Um, I really like what I see out of them. They're just really well coached, and uh, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of seeing what the Duke Blue Devils finish up this year. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I don't I don't think you're gonna be off too much on that. Chase Bryce coming over from Clemson, they definitely got a chance, but. The one that's a good one for our people tuning in on TV, noon ESPN2. Georgia there you State, go. Georgia State and uh, the Raging Cajuns. There you go. That is going to be a really, really good game. We've talked to our buddy Sean Elliott, yep. the head coach at Georgia State. He's going to have those guys ready to play. It's going to be in Atlanta um, at, the, at Georgia State Stadium. So, um, if you got some free time at noon, flip it to ESPN2 because I'm telling you, Georgia State has a lot of good talent. And if you didn't watch that game last week, you know the Raging Cajuns got that's some right. skill. And that's exactly the game that I was going to come to there, uh, Rob. That's exactly what I was looking at. Can't wait to see uh, Georgia State take the field at noon against the Raging Cajuns there coming off a big win. Uh, so that'll be fun to watch for sure. The other one that I'm curious to see, and that's just because I'm a – 
curious type of guys. I want to see the Charlotte-North Carolina game at 3.30 there on ESPN3. It'll be fun to see. Charlotte looked good. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte's pretty Charlotte good Charlotte looked ball good. And I tell yeah. you, North Carolina, if they come in, you know, lack of atmosphere. You know, Ben alluded to this earlier. Smells like North, an upset to me. North Carolina is <laughs> one does. of those schools that They're the had, Eric King of the team. <laughs> yes. They, like, the Eric King is the player. Yeah. North Carolina is the team. They love them so much. And I can see that brewing up with no fans. And I don't yep. know if people watch that game, but that was really odd with no fans. And North Carolina is one of those states. Yep. But Charlotte, man, North Carolina better come ready to play. <laughs> they better. Uh, those boys got some dudes. I'm sm- I'm sniffing upset right there. Yeah. If you want to call it an upset, that's I what feel I'm it. It's it's that scary business there, and you know you really got to come out ready to play because <laughs> you don't have any fans. You got to create your own energy. I'm telling you, 19, 20, 21 year old kids, fans or not. Yep. Oh, Charlotte, man. Charlotte's going to be like, we're going to play North Carolina in <laughs> Chapel Hill. That's Let's right. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. You know, and they're ready to play. And the Tar Heels are like, man, that's – yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, I did catch myself uh, swapping, you know, back over there to watch Western Carolina last week to see if I could see some Jaquez Evans out there on the field. You know, they're playing Liberty this week. Uh, that'll be a noon kickoff on ESPNU. Uh, they'll be playing at home, Western Kentucky will be. So if you're a, a fan of Jaquez Evans last year from a state title uh, Dublin Irish team, you know, I want to just flip it over there and see those shiny silver hats, see if you see Jaquez out and, there. And Steve Linton was dressed out as the backup Syracuse. Sam for Syracuse. Yeah. Um, Dublin, uh, Dublin graduate there. So uh, exciting stuff coming yeah. out of the area. That's right. So uh, just some names to watch for there. And if you're a, a pro guy, you know, we talked a little bit about this uh, last week, guys, before we got off the year. And uh, as I said, you'd see uh, Fitzmagic out there for the Dolphins. And, yep. of course, we did everything we could to pull out that 21-11 to loss against New yeah. England <laughs> and Cam Newton. But uh, I didn't see any Tua last week. And uh, Fitzmagic did his thing, threw a couple picks. So, yay for my Dolphins. Right? <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, Par you know, for the course, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's super early, but you kind of expected in, in New England, you know, you kind of expected Cam Newton to come out because he's kind of got, you know, he's kind of got in that mode of where he feels like he's been snubbed and yeah. he's been kind of turned his shoulder on. The Carolina Panthers kind of – he was their guy in the Super Bowl. You know, he loses, and then ever since then, something's not been right up there. And then he got kicked. He, they traded him. He, you know, he signed with New England. And so I think that for him, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season unfolds for Cam because it's not going to be nothing against against your Dolphins, but it's not all going to be that. <laughs> it's easy. not going to all be Miami that you play every week. <laughs> it's not going to be that's right. You know when you got to play yeah. the, the Ravens and the Steelers. You know it's yes. going to be a, it's going to be Buffalo. A little, it's going to be a little different. And yeah. um, those I I liked what I saw out of the, out of the Patriots. Their defense, though, I I want to say this. Even though it is, even though it is, Fitz Magic and it's the Dolphins. Bill Belichick is an incredible defensive mind. He's got guys sitting out from COVID, and he still finds a way to force turnovers and play good defense. There, he is a mastermind on the defensive side of the football. He is indeed, and you know it's not hard to uh, to rattle my my fins down there. You know, and they're really getting <laughs> off their game, but. Uh, Fitz Magic had no idea. But we got uh, football coming up. Uh, again, uh, if you didn't watch the uh, the uh, opening games, if you will, of the week this past week, Kansas City came out uh, with a win over Houston, which I don't know if you missed. I missed that Thursday night game. I, I watched some know. of it. I watched, it yeah. was There was not much there. It, yeah. it was 34-7 to most of the game. Was so it? That, that okay. score is not indicative of why. Or 24-7, to and it just kind of was a wash. So before we talk about the two oldest quarterbacks that played with uh, the Saints and, of course, Tom Brady, who looked like the draft pick that he was, in my opinion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to talk a little bit about Burrow, the number one pick from this year. And I thought Burrow played a good game, even though the game came away with the L. Yeah, he did. He, guys, I'll be the first one to say if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But he looked, he, he looked, looked good. good in his first start. Cincinnati, my though. Man. Yeah. But let me say this, though, okay? Cincinnati's offensive coordinator and their team did a good job with the script that they gave Burrow. They let him get settled. They got him on his legs. And I know from playing quarterback, sometimes it it takes getting involved in some of that running game and just getting hit a couple times before you're – and, Joe, you can, can, you know, agree with this. 
you know, if you're playing quarterback, sometimes if you're doing nothing but handing off and throwing and, and you really hadn't got in some of the contact, you don't really feel super involved right. in the game. You a little know, detached. You, you feel a little detached, like yeah. you're just a piece that's just kind of playing the game. Yeah. But it's like practice. That's exactly right. <laughs> but he, they let him get in the run game. He scored his first rushing touchdown in the NFL. And stuff like that, they did a really good job letting him do that because yeah. that's where he's best when he can play with that type of feel. So Cincinnati did a good job, not against a great Los Angeles Chargers team, but yeah. for a first for a first game, I thought it was solid. Speaking of Burrow, we had a ton of rookies playing this weekend. Oh, yeah. I, I, you turn on the TV and it's one after another of rookie backs and different people. Um Oh man, the kid from the uh, the Rams last night. In my mind, is going Cam like, Akers. Cam yeah, Akers. Cam Florida Akers. State yeah, Cam Akers. Played like guy. a boss. Yep, yep. Played played like a boss. Uh, Kansas City. Edward Zelayer. Um, he looked had really Trayvon, good. Trayvon Diggs for the Dallas Cowboys in the secondary. Uh, you had just the, the hey, names. Just how about the big? Oh my God! For DeAndre Swift had a chance to win the game. Stafford throwing to DeAndre, the Georgia guy, to the Georgia guy, and he bricks it. Drops the ball, Detroit loses. Yeah, that's, it's a slap in the face. Oh. Typical Detroit luck. Yeah, typical yeah, but, Detroit. But my, what I'm saying is, there was a ton of rookie. Ta- there's a ton of rookie talent this year that you need to keep your eyes on because there's a lot of young players getting a lot of time. Uh, Jonathan uh, Taylor for the Colts. Um, I watching yesterday. I'm losing some names, but just watching them all play, it's like, man, there's so many. They're contributors, man. Yeah. They came out of the they came out of college and they're they ready are to go. contributing. They're yeah. already like in it. You play it. They're ready to go. So I was watching the NFL Red Zone guys, by the way, and uh, you know they tossed me to the Vegas and Carolina game. We talked about just how like I don't care about that game yeah. last week, and I didn't care about it Sunday either. I was sitting yeah. there, I was like, this is all I got. Yeah, this is what <laughs> I got to watch. It's I got to watch this, or my Dolphins continue to get beat. This is all I got. Yeah, it's bad. It's, it's <laughs> like, bad. Get, please give me something. My yeah. send something my way, and I didn't get to see any of the Green Bay Minnesota game. Those are but, two. Those are two. Those are two good teams. Let me tell you, Rodgers. He motivated. Yes. Yeah. He's motivated. <laughs> and I'll tell you, that score, 43 to 34, was not like that Mm-mm. most of the game. Green Bay was running that show. Okay. <laughs> that, let's get that clear. That was not a real yeah. close game. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was something to watch him. He threw some dimes out there, man. And he was just like showing out. And uh, there, so. Mike Conte calling the game for the Falcons yeah. Saturday. Uh, How about Sunday. that? Mike Conte on the he on sounded the air. really good. He sounded did. good for the Falcons. The uh, the old Dirty Birds. Wes came down with an inconclusive COVID. Yeah, pop, so he couldn't he couldn't call the game. And Mike stood in there and did a good job. And Falcons, well, it's just the Falcons. You know, <laughs> just consistently not getting it done. Russell Wilson incompleted one pass and. You know, looked like a uh, MVP. Todd Gurley only fifty six yards though, guys. That's the thing that I was watching to see what Todd, well, Todd would do. That's so. what I think. Everybody, that was the big question mark: yeah. is what are you going to get out of Todd Gurley? And I still think to this day, you don't know what we're going to get out of him, especially after the first week. It doesn't look no. like you're going to get much more than the Rams did. But I tell you, really, offense has not been a major problem for the Falcons. The defense has been, and that, and, our, and, and and Quinn's supposed to be that guy. Yeah, in, in the last couple of years. I mean, defensively, we can't – I mean, you. And, okay, I know these guys are good. I know Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But one incompleted pass like, – Come on now. Come on, guys. Like, yeah. that's that's not that's not acceptable. I don't care who you're playing. No. I mean, Russ is good. But he ain't that good. Not week one. Mm-mm. One Mm-mm. incomplete pass. Yeah. We hadn't even had the preseason. <laughs> yeah. Like, he came out there like they've been playing for a month. No preseason, and Russell's like, huh, is this seven on seven? Yeah. Is this Skelly? Yeah. Or are we in a real game? He looked like week – 15. Yeah. I mean, he looked like he was prime. Yeah, yeah. Skip the wild card game. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It was just something. I, and I watched – I tried to watch some of that Falcons game, but I was just uh, – I was just disappointed. Yeah, I and tell I, you. I tell you what, though, and we talked about this, and I was correct. <laughs> Drew Brees looked night and day different than Tom Brady. Yeah, he did. Tom, Tom made a bad call. I'm not going – I'm not just selling him out. You know, anybody that listens probably, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. No, Tom. It, you should have left with Bill Belichick. See, now you open the door and you, you people say, oh, six Super Bowls, never going to be touched. Listen, though, you open a can of worms that never had to be opened. That's right. An argument that is in a bar in Boston right now is, oh, it was all Bill. It yeah. was all Bill. And he goes down to Tampa Bay and looks like garbage. Yeah. So now, looks average. even though he's 42. Oh, I think he's 42. Is he 42 43. Or 43. 43. Excuse 43. me. Giving yeah. him some age. 43, 
And he goes down there and looks like complete trash. You're playing with a trashy offensive line in Tampa Bay. Which called that. Tom yep. Brady hadn't got hit like that ever. That's right. Ever. Never, ever, ever, never in New England. Getting throttled. Why do you think he had two picks or whatever it was? Look oh, like yeah. trash. Because he ain't got time. That's right. You didn't realize Adam Gase was protecting – or not Adam Gase. Josh McDaniels was protecting that kid last year so hard with the running backs and all, all the stuff out of the backfield, the Quick. whole scheme – was protecting Tom. He hops down there, and Bruce Arians is like, "Oh yeah, well, let's play this like Brett Favre, man. Let's go." No, yeah. and he's and he's not you know? Brett. He's not Brett Favre. He's not Brett Favre, but he ain't Kurt Warner. No, you, you could know? see it very clearly. They showed a graph, by the way, uh, last night early or in that game early on, where uh, they showed the pocket protection, and it was early in the game, and Brady was able to get the ball out on the scoring drive early, but then as that heat got turned up, guys, he was just. He was nowhere to be found. He was all over the place. I he looked old. I tell you, he looked he, old. Balls high coming I, out. I bad you, reads. You talk about you talk about ball high. He missed an out route. Yeah. in the third quarter. Threw it in the front row, man. <laughs> that I was like, <laughs> I, I I was like, did I I, re, I I played the DVR back on that. I was like, did yeah. I just see Tom Brady? He missed that throw worse than a, a freshman eighteen year old college kid in a hundred thousand people environment. Yeah. You're like. Tom? It, like, it, it, what? Looked like, it looked like a circle change from the stretch. Yeah, it did. Yeah. He lost it. Did. it. <laughs> that ball got <laughs> Yeah. He, he lost it. Yeah. I mean, it was just – it was gone. And, I mean, Tom is not that type of player. No, do I think that it was all Bill Belichick? Absolutely not. I, I don't think that. But what it does is it opens a can of worms of saying, oh, Tom would have been nothing in his career without Bill Belichick. Well, that's – and, you know, the thing is with, with Tom, Tom is – and he would probably agree with you. Tom's not the best athlete in the world. I don't know right. if y'all got to watch him play golf with, no. with the Tiger Woods little combo. He's got a decent swing, but Tom's not the greatest athlete out there. But low, Tom low blows, but the guy's got a terrible <laughs> golf swing. <laughs> no, I'm beating just, him down here. No, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He's got no skill. No, I'm just no, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. Tom is a great quarterback because playing quarterback, you don't always have to be the most athletic guy in the room. You know, you can you can do a lot with the the mentality you play with, your brain, the positions you get in. Just look at Peyton Manning. I mean, yeah. the way you get into those type of sets, you can read. So Tom's one of those guys that for the majority of his career, he's always had a good arm. He's always been fundamentally sound. And that with people like Peyton, people like Tom, those guys depend on fundamentals and, and, and technique. Well, the age gap has caught up with Tom. It's the same way you saw with Peyton Manning. This is no different. If you go back a couple of years ago before Peyton retired, everybody was saying the same thing oh, after yeah. he won the Super Bowl. Everybody was like, he should be gone. He should be gone. His velocity's down, his stuff. These guys, you can only do the fundamentals so long. Your strength, he's losing strength. He just can't do it. He's just, old, yeah, man. Yeah, you he's, just can't do it. He just can't do it, man. I mean, he's a, and he had an extremely good career. And I think anybody that argues that it's all Bill Belichick has not watched Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. Because no, no, Bill ain't throwing yeah, those balls. Nah, he ain't made nah, those nah. calls. Like, Tom Brady has got a lot of clutch. And his competitive nature is a well, off the he's charts. He's Iceman. Tom's yeah. Iceman yeah. in the fourth. And all you're seeing here, though, guys, is that, that inner want that he's got. But his body just can't do it. It is. That's exactly you know, That's right. really what it boils down to. And he really, and, it, and it's sad because he's one of the most competitive guys out there. Yeah. And he's been able to compete at such a high level. And he wanted to go to Tampa Bay and really be like, hey, man, you know, I'm a competitor and everything. But it's just one of those things where his, his, the, the age clock has catching him. That's right. He's having a hard time letting the game go. Yeah. yeah. Peyton, Peyton realized that after the – I think Archie, Cooper, all of them, they sat down and his wife you know, said – Peyton, you, you know, you, you, you don't have it's, – it's over, man. That's I mean, it. you know, and I think Peyton knew that. He was able to get a final Super Bowl, and it was time to hang it up, and he knew that. You know, as hard as that is to break away with the game, you got to do it at some point. And it won't tarnish Tom Brady's career, but it's not Brett Favre. Tom Brady won't make a Brett Favre Vikings run in the playoffs. He's not no. that He's not know, type no. of athlete, though. It's, he, might get a, he might get a Joe Montana shot in Kansas City. You That's know what right. I'm saying? That's exactly I think, right. I think they made it to the first round yep. with Montana yep. there. Got knocked out. Uh, but, you know, that, that might be what he gets if he gets lucky. It's, different, it's different type yeah. of players, though. It's like yeah. we've talked about before. Brett Favre plays the game totally different than Tom Brady. Got a different skill set. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's just different – Brett Favre doesn't play the game like Manning or Brady does. Right. 
No, and they don't. And uh, I tell you what, um, I'm just you know I'm excited to have football back, um, being able to kind of turn on the TV and even when there's not fans in the stands or whatever it may be, it was fun to still, watch. It's still yeah. fun to have good football on TV. Don't let Ben fool you. He's just glad he's got lines to look at every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let me let me ask you this though: Did you guys see in the uh, in the uh, Sunday night game last week? SoFi Stadium there. That, oh, that my is gosh. so weak. Is that not the Th- Rams? That looked like something my dad goes, that looks like something you'd see at Disney World. Yeah. And it does. Like, that place looks like a fantasy land. That the way they've crazy. got the waterfall stuff and, like, the the breeze blows in, that is state-of-the-art. Did you see the numbers on the cost? Did you see I that? Did. Across? I did. Five billion yeah, dollars. Yeah, okay. You could have built. They, you could have built three NFL stadiums. The Falcons, they had two other ones. Yeah, it was had, the Falcons, the Minnesota, and the um, – Was it, gosh, the, was was the, it the Raiders' new stadium in Vegas? Yes. Yes, yes. Those you, three stadiums. You could have built three of them. 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, and then $5 billion. I didn't see that stat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. $5 billion. Yeah. Okay. Billion. The most expensive <laughs> one on there was uh, the um, – Oh, maybe it was – No, one of them was 1.3. One, well, 1.3 was the highest number yeah. I saw. On there, but anyway, it's just ridiculous. It is one point three billion to five billion is what this this place is. I mean, it is ridiculously. It's it's it's, it's extremely ornate. Yeah, very oh, over the top, beautiful. Do you see the columns like the yeah the for like the kind of pay homage to the Coliseum and all? Did you right. see that? They yeah. had the, the the I mean that's sweet. Like they, it they was, really thought about it. It was really cool. My wife goes, man, the Falcons blew their renovation. <laughs> And I said, not everybody has $5 billion yeah. And it was stadium. just after she said that, we were sitting there looking, and I was about to say, well, and they rolled the cost, and she goes, $5 billion. Yeah. She, was, she was like, no wonder why we only have this in Atlanta, because Arthur Blank ain't got those no. pockets. Like, uh-huh. oh, my Home Depot ain't that good. <laughs> but I tell you what, it was funny. I was watching, uh, I think it was my Conti that tweeted out before the game. He was like, look, they're opening the dome, right, in Atlanta. They're opening the crow's nest there. They were yep. spinning it open, and then, you know, you, you saw that SoFi Stadium come up later and I was like yay they opened the roof look this one has a translucent roof yeah. <laughs> and no walls it's unbelievable it's like beautiful. the way the breeze flows into it's the beautiful. I don't know man that's, it's, it's, it's awesome the, the modern technology though that's like should be on modern marvels yeah. like well, that's when, incredible when you don't have a budget what does it matter yeah. who pays for that though because I know we so got, far well, ain't like, that we good can for send, it. we can send rockets up with a ship and they land on a boat in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean after they've been detonated and Twenty thousand feet, and they can land in the middle of a ship on a bullseye. They can build whatever they want to build. Yeah. SoFi ain't that good no, for that. It was uh, it was uh, privately funded, but the guy that owns the Rams now, uh, I heard them talking about this last night because they said Jerry Jones was pivotal in getting him in as the Rams like owner. Oh, because he was going to be able to bring in private funding. To get that done, that's he that's, got it done. So, he got it done, and I don't. Yeah. I mean, that type of money. But you got to give a lot of Jerry Jones's credit. Jerry's world's the one that started all this. Oh yeah, he's the one that built that state yeah. of the art stadium in the Cowboys with the biggest flat screen across the thing, which is massive. I've seen it in person. It's huge. Well, that one in SoFi but, is pretty good. Two point <laughs> two million pounds, by the way. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's crazy. That's how much that thing weighs. Two million. Two point two million pounds is what that uh, videotron. In SoFi Stadium ways. Wow. It's Hope they never stupid. have to do maintenance. Yeah, don't drop that puppy. Don't I drop mean, that. That's not real. <laughs> that's it's amazing. Five billion. What'd you think about the unis? Did you like the off white gray? The Rams uniforms are terrible. I don't yeah. like the new logo for the Rams. It looks very transformerish. Yeah, it does look. I, it, looks it looks very like twenty forty, not twenty twenty. It looks like they're playing with avatars. It does. It does. It really looks like something you'd see on. Blitz. It was worse. I it couldn't was, get over it. Yeah. It was worse. It's worse when you see, like the Georgia Bulldogs of the National Football League. The Dallas Cowboys never change anything. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're gonna see the star and you're gonna see a silver helmet, and silver pants. That's right. They run out there and they're looking like they're playing the Transformers. It's like, oh man, those uniforms the Rams have really look bad. They, yeah. It made it <laughs> look know, bad. It just makes it look worse because you got a super traditional team, yeah. the Dallas Cowboys. And then you got it, that. it really set off. It wasn't like they were playing the Seahawks. It's more modern, yeah. you know. It's just like eat. the Rams had to build my logo off of NF on the Madden. <laughs> like my team, like they had a, they had a they had a Madden. Logo. And they got tired of looking, so they just settled on one they weren't really happy with. There, yeah, we'll do this. All right, so before we get out of here, guys, let's look at it. You got tonight. You got the uh, Cincinnati and Cleveland. You got Burrow and Baker. 
Baker. Biggest matchup. Hey, I we, think, we, we pose this here now. Yeah, I think this is the biggest matchup of the whole season. Like, as far as, like, looking down, like, this has got some of the most intrigue just because of the two quarterbacks. After watching Burrow last week, he's going to play well. But Cleveland, I just, they got too much. I mean, across the board. I think they got too you much. Think? Yeah, I think they, they got thumped against the Ravens. Yeah, well, but it's the Ravens, though. The They're playing Cincinnati, in Cleveland. The Bengals ain't the Ravens. Okay. Let's get that clear. Let's see that clip of the Browns fan where he's just like, I'm tired of sucking. No, I didn't. <laughs> they haven't won like a week one game in, in years. They haven't won their 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 first game in week one. But I, it's like I told you all, let's not get ahead of Cincinnati. They still lost, and they were playing the Chargers. Yeah. Okay, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. You got If you look at the Cleveland, which they're – they have a lot to prove anyways because they're so discombobulated with chemistry and stuff, but probably just off of what they have and they're at home. I mean, I think Baker's going to win. This is year three for Baker, yeah. right? This is, this is his it's third kind of season. A pivotal, it's kind of a pivotal time. Got to do something, you know? Something, in, you know? In, year, in year three, you should be winning the games you're supposed to win as a quarterback of Baker Mayfield's caliber. He's yeah. got more commercial deals, though, for losing than anybody else. Oh, yeah. Did you see the latest one for – no, no, the insurance commercial. Yeah, with him yeah. covering the seats. Yeah. Oh, it's going to rain. we got to cover. Furniture's going to get ruined. <laughs> He's out there putting like a, a bag Things over are, each. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny commercials. They're clever. He's right. His Hulu commercial's funny. They yeah. put his head on the top of the player. Him and Saquon Barkley. So this is my body? Him, it's him and Saquon Barkley sending. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good commercial. It's clever commercials, but yeah. in year three, Baker has to do something that stands out. He's going to have to try to win some games he's not supposed to win, and he needs to win the ones he's supposed to win. Nobody expected them to win, to beat Lamar Jackson in week one. Nobody no, expected them to he, do that. But he should win this game. He should win, yes. If he loses this game at home against a rookie QB, I mean, not that he's going to lose a spot because who they got to put in there, but, like, the Browns, okay. I mean, come well, on. well, tell me. I mean, you got the 38-6 to loss to the Ravens. You got the Bengals. They should beat the Bengals. Winnable. Tonight, yes. right? The then you Washington, got Washington. They should beat football, the Washington football team. And then you got Dallas. Then they you got the not, Colts. They will not beat the Cowboys. They will not beat the Cowboys, they I believe. They will not beat the Cowboys. I don't think they'll beat Washington. They won't beat Washington. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they will. Yeah, I don't know that they will either. They, they, they should, should beat the Colts. They they should they should beat Washington. They should they beat should. Washington and I, they should beat the Colts. They should beat them teams, but I don't know that they will. <laughs> like they should win those games. They will they will not beat the Steelers. They should win at the Bengals. They should beat the Raiders. You looking know, at their schedule is. though, they it's their schedule based off of looking at this, though they may go five hundred. Maybe. They should Maybe. go five hundred. Look at the Jaguars. I mean at the Jets, they, there's enough games in them for the in there for them to pick up. The Eagles are not great. I mean, Eagles look terrible. This first week. They cost me a parlay. Did they? Oh man, it. yeah, they're That's bad. Itchy. Washington, this is a shame. Washington, I tell you though, and, and <laughs> Georgia Tech's line was worth it, but that was they, they messed me up. On I that. think I think the New York I think the New York Giants have some of the. The best young talent with Daniel Jones is yeah. Saquon Barkley, though, yeah. out of any team. Just the they way just, that they, they're not. Mm. Saquon Barkley is is was one of the best players in the league. He's going to be, and he still is. Yeah. And uh, Daniel Jones, the one of the more underrated quarterbacks when he was taken, but I watched him throughout his career at Duke, and and he is going. He is a going to be a phenomenal NFL QB. And I think those two guys paired together, if they can stick together and the yeah. Giants can put players around them. They're a good nucleus. They're going to be good. Yep. One of the teams in New York could be worth something anyway. That's okay. right. Because the Jets. Are, it won't be the Jets. It won't be the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. They just, they're always going to be the Jets. They're just the Jets. They're the team that's forgot about, All right. you know. That's pathetic. All right, guys. Well, let's see. I hope your line gets better this week, Ben. <laughs> Play well. It was good on Saturday, not good. on Sunday. Not on Sunday. All right. Well, we'll be back. Uh, we'll try to get some SEC action in here for you next week, guys, as the uh, SEC opens up play. So uh, we'll work on that. But thanks for joining us here on the RBJ Show. It's Rob, Ben, and Joe. And uh, check us out on all the social media at RBJ Show on Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, y'all have a good night. Enjoy the chips and beers and lines and football. We'll see you. Farmer State Bank, we're winning over new customers every day by building strong banking relationships. It involves teamwork, listening carefully, and working hard to earn your trust. 
For over a century as Lawrence County's locally owned bank, Farmer State Bank has built a solid reputation with a focus on integrity, commitment, and service to our community. Just as important, we have introduced convenient services like mobile banking, so you can do business with us anytime, anywhere, from the convenience of your phone or mobile device. If you're looking for a hometown bank that always puts you first, it's as easy as FSB. At Farmer State Bank, we've been a longtime supporter of local schools because we believe education is the key to a brighter future. Member FDIC. Hello, fans. It's football time again in Georgia. Need some tires before that football road trip? Bubba's Tire Center has got you covered. As always, when you purchase a brand new set of four tires, you'll receive free installation and free alignment for your vehicle. We offer pickup and delivery as well as contactless drop-off service for all your tire and service needs. This fall, when it's time for service for your vehicle, come see us at Bubba's Tire Center at 1318 Bellevue Avenue in Dublin, Georgia, or online at Bubba'sTireCenter.com. Hungry for summer? Marco's Pizza is delivering endless summer flavor with unlimited medium one-topping pizzas for just $6.99 each. At Marco's, you'll get dough made from scratch, an original sauce recipe, our signature three fresh cheeses and toppings you'll love, all cooked at 450 degrees and served contact-free. Order with our app or at marcos.com today. Marco's Pizza, the Italian way. Prices and participation may vary. Hi, I'm Jeff Cannon, President of Citizens Bank of Orange County. When we began looking for a location for our second Dublin banking office, the historic Henry Building looked like the perfect spot because Dublin and Lawrence County is our focus and making banking easier and more convenient for our customers is our goal. Citizens Bank of Lawrence County, member FDIC and an equal housing lender. A local full-service community bank offering quality banking services. Citizens Bank of Lawrence County, now open in downtown Dublin. You're listening to The Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music. 